Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. It's seriously my favorite thing, and it gets better and better and better every week. I love podcasting. Actually, it's so good, right? When you find Mm -hmm. your thing. I recorded a little video on election day. I don't happen to know Karin's personal opinions about election day. I'm just going to say I celebrated, not on election day, on Saturday, when we found Mm -hmm. out that we were much closer to a Biden nomination. Yeah. And I recorded a little video and I said to myself, like I played the video back and I said to my daughter, after I said to myself, like my voice in video sounds so different than it Mm -hmm. does in audio. What difference, right? Like when I listen to a podcast, I sound like so authentically me. And as soon as there's a video, I like go into freak out mode. Like you get distracted was, by all the pixels. <laughs> this was literally a video of a six and 10 year old boy celebrating the Biden announcements. And my voice sounds different. I'm not even in the picture. I was like, wow, no wonder I love podcasting so much. Yeah. It's like my there's something to it. It's like we voice. all have our channel. Yeah. It was so wild to hear the difference. So anyway, this week on the podcast, we have Karen, Gil- oh shoot, I do this all the time. Is it Gillen or Jillen? Gillen, you got it. Gillen. The whole thing. Karen Gillen. Karen is here to talk about one of my absolute favorite things. So Karen, I don't know if you know this about me, but I was a doula before I was a life coach. That's awesome. So I wanted to be a doula at one point. Oh, it's magic. So my big thing that I did for people was to hold space, like to hold space for their birth, no matter what it looked like, no matter what the circumstances were of that day, not of their Mm -hmm. birth plan, not of their dream. Like, Mm -hmm. What was the space we were working with on that day? Who were the nurses in the room? Who was the doctor on call? Like what was happening with the labor? Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that I was doing it but it was just like came so naturally for me to hold that space and so when i started coaching and realized that like the um parallel there or like the similarity there i was like oh that's me that's like what i do i hold space so i'm really really excited to talk to you about holding space today it's one of my favorite things ever and, and I actually just talked to a client yesterday about <laughs> so she's she has birthed four babies and she has a birthing related business. Oh wow. And she was talking about growing her business and like not being sure about how to like do this next part. And I was like, wait a minute, like you have every skill in the universe about allowing and being with what is and being able to hold space for what's going to unfold and knowing when to go hard and knowing when to back off. Like nobody's better at that than you. Yeah. I think there's a, 
there's a huge parallel in business and yeah. birthing. There really is. Oh, yeah. I love that you had that conversation. Lucky client. That's beautiful. Um, so before we dig into the good stuff, I want to give you some space to introduce yourself the way that you feel called to introduce yourself today, right? I could read a bio, but like, I just want you to say, my name's Karen. Here's how I got here. Here's what I love mm -hmm. about it. Here's why I said yes to a podcast about abortion. <laughs> yeah. So my name is Karen. Yes. Um, I got here because I love humans. Yeah. That's kind of been the thread through everything. <laughs> I um, I wanted to be a life coach before life coaching was life coaching. Like it was like 15 years ago. And I've taken a lot of different turns and a lot of different <laughs> niches and, and different client walks. But yeah, I think at the heart of it, it's always about, let's use the term holding space for, <laughs> for, the, versions, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> for the versions of ourselves who got us to where we are today mm. and for the version of you who's out ahead. So it's just like, how can I hold mm. space on the continuum of my development? and not shame myself for what was and not beat myself up for what isn't yet mm -hmm. and be with what's here now wow. and take all of the tools that we have as coaches to be curious observers of our present moment as we mm -hmm. create the future and rewrite the past in whatever way we need to and, and keep moving forward and going. And currently I do that with entrepreneurs and coaches, Amazing. business owners. Wow. Wow. So, I'm curious, how does one, I always say birth runs in my blood. So like you knew yeah. you wanted to be a life coach, you say. Yes. I always knew that like everything womb and reproductive was me. For a long time, yeah. it was like active doula work, but mm -hmm. abortion is now a piece of that womb story that I'm, yeah. you know, closing a chapter with. I think this will be many, many, many years in my future of work around this this womb experience, but, um, how did you, like, I didn't know life coaching existed as many, many, many people listening still don't. They're still like life coach. <laughs> What's happening? Mm -hmm. They just found my por a podcast because it had the word abortion in it. Didn't have a lot of choices and press play. Yeah. Other listeners know the work that I do, but how does one just know they want to be a life coach? <laughs> I actually called it the affliction. Okay. It was a physical experience in my body of like, I know there's this thing. I don't know what it's called. I have to find it. And it was like, I was like, what? Is, and it was very angsty and like pressured. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. I took a trip to Spain. I went on this trip. I had graduated college. Um, these three guy friends I had were going and I was like, well, can I come? And it was just very like, gut moment. Can I come? And they looked at each other like, yeah, you can come. And so we all went on this trip. For me, the entire trip was like, what is this thing called? I think I spent more time in like internet cafes, like researching wow. what is this? What do you call it? And all that than I did in museums. Wow. And in the end, I was like, I remember I sent my mom an email. I think I was 22 years old. Mom, I figured it out. I'm going to be a life coach. The message I got back was, who wants a 22-year-old life coach? <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, crap. So I went and became a therapist. Leave it to your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So did you kind of know along that journey, like it's not therapy, it's something a little bit different than therapy. And then your mom says that and you're like, okay, I'll start with therapy. Right. Cause I was like, like okay, it's unregulated someday people are going to like put some rules in place. So I'll go get this degree. So I'll be okay. Okay. And then I got into the therapy program. I was like, okay, I'm going to be a great therapist. Yeah. That never happened. I wasn't really good at it. <laughs> because I realized like. What a great background like, though. What a yeah. good background for you to have. Yeah. It has been helpful. Yeah. That's amazing. I honestly, honestly really think you're the only person who's ever said I always wanted to be a life coach. I don't think many people know it exists. However, um, when I found the model, so um, I don't know if you have other trainings. Do you have other life coach trainings and certifications? Tell us us what they are. 10 years ago, I certified with um, Coaches Training Institute, which is now, it's just a leadership training institute okay. yeah but it was fantastic and awesome I loved it nice and then, and then five years after that okay. I did the life coach school okay. and then five years after that I did master coach training through the life coach school nice so the life coach school was my only coach training um when I found the model I, I can relate to that feeling that you're talking about where like I know there's a thing that does this thing that I do with people, (laughs) right? Like that was how, that would have been me Googling in Spain at the cafe. What's the (laughs) thing that I do with this? (laughs) Um, And so when I found the model, I was just like, that's the thing. That's Mm -hmm. the thing that I do that I've always done. I just never seen it laid out so clearly. So I get that knowing even though I never said I always want to be a coach, like I, I get that feeling of mm-hmm. like this, how do I do this with people? Yeah. Um, and that was very much a part of my work as a doula. I just never would have described it as coaching. It yeah. Was, I described it as holding space over and over and over again. I, I hold space. I hold space. And I think that's truly what coaching is. And I think oftentimes we get really mixed up as coaches about like what's teaching and what's coaching. Yeah. And then what's the difference between the two and how do you have room for both on the same call? And Mm. that's a part of our coach development. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have a place that you feel like you just feel so at home, like coaching versus teaching or? I'm all coach. You're all coach. Yeah. I'm all coach. Like I look at other coaches and I'm like, I love learning from them. Yeah. I don't have, I don't feel like I have a teacher bone in my body. Yeah, I have, okay. I just like to come and shoot from the hip and like have yeah. it be intuitive and I can take an entire group and lead an experience, but not because I planned a curriculum. Totally. I'm with mm-hmm. you. I'm with you. I yeah. think I have the capacity to teach, but it's not where I feel at home. Just sort of like I can get on and do a video, but there's this like something's just not fully authentically me. And when I'm coaching and following exactly what you said, which is that intuitive piece along with the more structured thing like the model Mm -hmm. um or other tools that's when i just feel so me yeah Yeah. ah so good all right well i you know i laid out some questions i don't usually come to a podcast with questions um but i want to discuss some holding space questions with you 
But before that, I want to start, and maybe I won't even get to the questions based on our conversation, <laughs> right. but I want to start with what you said about holding space for the versions of ourselves who we mm -hmm. were. Yeah. Because I think that relates to my audience so very much in, in lots of ways. Um, much of the grief we experience is loss of who we were. There's also something that happens fairly frequently, and it makes sense that it happens. Um, when we make the choice to have an abortion, there's a bit of a, I don't know exactly the right word, but there's a bit of a rush, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. We get this unplanned test, don't really know how many weeks we are. We have to make a decision within a set amount of time. Um, we are under like the reality that every single day these cells are dividing and changing and most of us would rather make the choice sooner than later. But it's not the kind of thing where you can just take your time. Right. Now you can slow down. You can slow down your brain and make a choice. But in terms of like timeline, it's a little bit rushed for most people. And it mm -hmm. comes as a bit of a shock. So what I see happen is that many people almost like dissociate or, and you, maybe you can like add your therapy words here because I don't know what they are. <laughs> yeah. There's like almost like a dissociation or a, what happens is there's a looking back and people say, I don't know who that person was who made that choice. Mm -hmm. And so the reason I must be feeling grief, shame, guilt, regret, which are totally common, normal feelings after abortion. They don't mean anything went wrong. They don't mean abortion shouldn't happen. But when they feel all those things, they think, oh, I don't even know who I was. I don't know who that person was who made the choice. So if we can jump that over to what you said, which is to hold space for that version of us, who made that choice in a pretty chaotic time, like mm -hmm. chunk of time. Yeah. How do we do that? <laughs> How do we hold space for this version of ourselves that made a decision that we may or may not make again? I mean, the thing that comes up for me is allowing that version of you to have space, to even get to hold space. Because when we're growing up, like everyone asks us like, oh, how many kids do you want to have? Like, do you want to get married? Or they assume we do, right? Lots of assumptions, but no mm. one ever is like, well, when you get an abortion, how do you want to handle it? <laughs> right? So we never make the space in our mind for this thing to happen. And yet here it is. This yeah, is a real public right, health right. thing that happens all the time. Wow. I've never thought about it this way. <laughs> so we have to create the version. Yeah. Wow. Fresh. Wow. So we don't make the space ahead of time because it's something that like, you know, we don't anticipate. It's not something we plan for. Like, I think yeah. I just posted on Instagram this last week, maybe like abortion wasn't a part of our game plan. We're not like, oh, who can I go out and get pregnant with today? Right. I'll get to go have an abortion. Like, that's not a part of anyone's game plan. That's not how we plan. roll. <laughs> like, yeah. We didn't hold space for that. Just what you're saying. We didn't hold space ahead of time for that. The track, Woman that branch of the tree didn't yeah. exist. Yeah. Okay. So can we go back 
if you were working with a client, and I, I do different things with different clients depending on where they're at, so your answer may be the same. But what would be some tools for you working with a client? Would you go back to that moment? Go back to those weeks, go back to that time? Or would you just grab what's there and move forward? I think to work on like where you are right now mm -hmm. and all the emotions are accurate and perfect and like our emotions are correct. Like there's mm -hmm. no right emotion or wrong emotion to have right now. Yeah. And that are we safe here and now? Because this could be experienced as a real trauma. Yeah. A lot of the time, probably. Yeah, it is a lot of the time. Yep. Yeah. So are we safe here and now? Do we know that we can go look at this and mm -hmm. come back to where we are today and be safe? All that mm -hmm. stuff. And then look at it from different perspectives. So like if this were, if you were your best friend and you heard, <laughs> you heard you tell this story. Yeah. Yeah. What's here. If you right. were your mother and you heard your daughter mm -hmm. tell this story. Yeah. I think looking at all the different angles. Um, because oftentimes what I notice in my own history, when there are things that don't line up for the version of me who I think I am today, mm -hmm. and something feels off in what was at one point, if I go back with judgment-free curiosity, with actual yeah. just yeah. loving, open curiosity, I was doing the best that I could. Yeah. And it's just what, what needs to happen to get back to the place where I can actually look at that woman and think like, Jesus, that happened fast. Yeah. It was never supposed to happen. Like whatever the story is, it can yeah. all be true. Yeah. And how can I let that be okay? And look at her and say like, you just, I would do all the things the same. Yeah. Now I do find that a lot of clients, um, when they go back, <laughs> maybe I'm asking you for coach advice, but our listeners can listen. <laughs> yeah. When they do go back, they bring with them what, what they, know, they now. know now. Yeah. And so then they're going back with what they know now, thinking they messed up before. And I like have to do that separation work of, mm -hmm. you know, you didn't know that then. Yeah. And I like, like <sighs> you can think about it. I'm always judging myself based on what I know on all of my insides and all the levels and all my history. I'm judging mm -hmm. you on what I see from the outside right now. So when we go backwards in that way, we have to figure out how can I go and find the equal playing field for the version of me who was there right then, who doesn't know anything that I know now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This actually does lead to um, some of the questions that I had thought about um, before we started talking. Um, and one of those questions is, how do you know? Now think of yourself as a client, right? Think of yourself as one of my listeners with the knowledge that you have as a coach. <laughs> yeah. How do you know when you are in safe space, when you are in a space that is held? Now, many of us, probably you and I like know that feeling intuitively, like we, we tap into our bodies and we feel that, but that's not as clear for everyone maybe at the beginning of their work. 
So do you have any like insight as to how someone might know, is my mom a safe person to tell my story to? Is it safe to tell my partner that I'm pregnant or that I had an abortion? <laughs> is it safe yeah. to tell my next partner in my new relationship? Any tips there? I think it's true that maybe we do know how to figure out in our bodies where we feel safe, but I think it's also true that most of us, and I think our brains do this for us, automatically work to create safety wherever we are. Mm. So it could be that that happening naturally confuses us, which mm. is something I've been paying attention to lately. Interesting. So like, it's not necessarily where do I think I should be safe, mm -hmm. but really ask yourself and listen to your gut. Do I feel safe here? Do I trust this person or do I trust this person with this fact about me? Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes like where we think we're safe, our, our nervous systems are actually a little bit like, no, we're not safe here. Like, and yeah. I'm not willing yeah. to come all in here. What if I was, we'll just take mom as, a, as an example. What if I was feeling like, I think my mom's safe space for me. She has been in many other times in my life. But I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure. I am asking this question because you said the words work to create safety wherever we are. Now, I'm not saying you can create safety with any person you're around, but are there some ways we could, um, maybe some questions we could ask or some ways we could sort of like test the waters of the space to understand if it's safe? Like, yeah. am I making sense? Yeah. No, I just was coaching someone in around leadership the other day and um, one of her mentors had talked to her about like, about giving hard feedback. And I think this relates. Okay. You're going to go in and be willing to risk your relationship and give some hard feedback or go in and risk your relationship and have a hard conversation, share a hard truth. Yeah. Like, how do you warm up? So oh, how nice. can you, that's exactly what I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. How can you go in with a, yeah. with like two or three kind of softballs <laughs> before yeah. you go in to play hardball and, and share one thing and be like, are they receptive? Are they in the right energy? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. if they don't handle the first thing or the second thing very well, you can be like, okay. Cause if you say, Hey, I want to talk to you about something. And then you come in and you have nothing else to say and you're like stuck there. But if you come in and you're like, I could talk about that time I got drunk in high school and then I could talk about, you know, like what are the things ahead of the thing? Yeah. yeah. You can learn like, is this a safe space? Is today the day? Yeah. 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 The thing I love about that is um, your mom very well, maybe, and I'm just going to keep using that example. So anyone can yeah. use anything they want, but your mom very well may be capable of holding safe, loving space for you but it might not be the day for it. it might not be right. the moment for it. Like maybe yeah. she just got in a big argument or just found something out about work or whatever. Exactly. So this idea of like the softball before the hardball and the warming up, um, that feels like it, it also holds space for like not making the assumption that that conversation didn't go well, or I threw out a couple, couple softballs and it was a big fat no, I mm -hmm. can never have. 
like play that warm up again. Yeah. Um, that just like it releases that assumption that like a no in this moment, this isn't the right moment to share my story, is not necessarily a forever no. Yeah. And in that instance, I like to just think about myself and like when am when am I what's the best time of day for me? What's the best time of day for that person? Yeah. Like yeah. when is when is mom the most rested? Like yeah. is she someone who gets hangry? Like let's not talk about it till after a meal. <laughs> like let's know the person and then yeah. as much as we can create the result that we want in the ways that we can. How do I want to take care of myself after, no matter if I share mm. or don't share? Because it's a big deal even to attempt. Yeah. Yeah, that's really important. How do I hold space for myself after? And I think um, the reason I'm here, the reason I'm doing this work is because I very much did that in my own abortion experience. Um, I tell people all the time that I decided ahead of time that I was going to have my own back. So that was like how I held space for the after was no matter what you feel, you're going to have your own back. Um, and so being able to apply that to also these conversations of sharing, like no matter what her reaction or his reaction, like I'm going to have my own back. That's an awesome gift that you gave yourself. Yeah. I, I think the baby really, cause I don't know where else it came from. Yeah. <laughs> I was not certified as a life coach at that point. Yeah. Um, so um, you said the best time of day for me. And we also just talked a little bit about this in the way that I held space for my after. Do you, what's your conversation around holding space for yourself before being in that safe space with other people? It's a good question. <laughs> I think it depends. Depends on like, where am I at? Who is the person? Like what's happening? I think in a big conversation with my mom where it might change the game in our relationship long-term, I would have to feel really safe with myself. Yeah. Like I would need to know what the plan was. I like to know like that dinner's figured out, you know, like yeah. all that stuff. I would, I would set it up pretty, um, pretty cared for. Yeah. I'm thinking that too. Um, maybe you, remember back from your therapy school um for many people it's hard to find a safe therapist Mm -hmm. to talk about abortion with it's really hard i don't know if you have resources like shout them out or tell us or send us links but there's not a lot of ways to um the one of the big differences between therapy and life coaching in terms of regulation i think this is a big piece of it but like therapists tend not to share their personal story as much in a session as life coaches do. Mm -hmm. So finding someone, you may even be in a session with a therapist who's had an abortion that they may or may not have processed themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you share your story and you don't necessarily get that back. I remember the moment, right? Mm -hmm. So finding someone can be really hard um, if they're not fully out there. Um, you know, hosting podcasts and all over social media, uh, the way that I have as a coach. Um, If you're a listener who wants help, (laughs) 
wants help and um, doesn't necessarily know how to take that plunge, right? Like know how to dig in and say, I'm going to trust. I think the big key here is like that nuance between like, I have to trust myself first. I have to hold that space for myself first mm-hmm. and then jump into someone else's space. Yeah. Um, how do we do that? Like, how do we find the right people to I, like, I, I do this work very publicly and very openly, but I mm-hmm. am not the right person for a lot of people. Yeah. Like I, I find that there's a really big population of people who like, need a much softer space than I and maybe like coaching offer. I'm like, yeah, let's dig in. Let's make it, you know, let's turn it into something. Let's like find where your brain's at. Let's, let's jump in. I'm going to be so honest with you. And it's so exciting and we're going to laugh and we're going to cry and all the things. And they're Um, like, maybe that's too intense too soon. Yeah. I think I'm just not the right personality for everyone. So how do you do this? Like, how do we find the right people when we're looking to to process you know i don't know what your other niches of coaching were or if any of them were not necessarily business but it applies everywhere yeah i think the thing that comes up everywhere because we're humans is that everybody has experienced i don't know if it's everybody but it's pretty much everyone has some sort of trauma and there's Mm. we're all dragging around something there's some story that we can work on that isn't neutral. And when you were talking, I was just thinking, even if it's not necessarily a coach or a therapist who has ever mentioned the word abortion, yeah, if you can go work with someone who will just help you tell a neutral story about your past for the first time, mm. not saying like, let's not be gung ho and be like, I'm going to be pro-abortion. I'm going to start a local parade and we're yeah. going to do a rally every November. Like, let's just figure wow. out. Yep. The story I tell myself right now has me reliving my trauma all the time yeah and I am stuck here like if you feel stuck how can I talk to somebody who can just help me like see the newspaper rather than see like the blockbuster movie version like Mm. how is this just facts on paper and I can neutralize some of the huge emotion around it and Mm. they don't even honestly as a coach they don't even need to know what you're talking about you can do this work without saying a bunch of stuff out loud. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's just a great place to start. And I think a general life coach can help with that as long as they're tuned in and feel like the right energy for you to be working with. I think that's the big, like, I think we all hire people's energy when we hire coaches and therapists too. It's just harder because they're (laughs) not as on social media. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we do. We hire people's energy. Absolutely. Um, I appreciate the way you use that language of neutral story. I talk a lot about telling empowered stories. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, but a, I think, that's beyond neutral. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's because I, a lot of people who come to me are in a much closer to neutral place. If they're not mm-hmm. there already, they're at least much closer or maybe they're completely not there. I've definitely had clients who were like totally not there, deep in the shame, deep, deep in the grief, but they had the vision to know what's mm-hmm. possible. Yeah. So you could kind of like 
you know, skip, not skip over, but like in their brains, they could get to that part, even though they mm -hmm. had no idea how to get there, they could imagine that an empowered story was possible. Yeah. And some um, people might, might not want an empowered story. They might just want totally. to feel better. Right. And that's totally the, like for anyone listening, you get to have it however you yes. want. It's not the coach's agenda to say yes. how it's going to end up on the other side and it can surprise you and it can delight you and it could just feel like finally things feel normal again, but yeah. 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 I, I love that. I love that idea of the neutral story. Um, that's beautiful. Any, do you know any resources, any storytelling resources that, that help people get to that place on their own? It's okay if you don't, but. I would say just Google, um, narrative therapy. Mm, a, right. Yeah. Probably a lot of resources yep. on that. And then just our coaching tool of story versus fact. So you can yes. write out the story as you remember it and then go through whatever you wrote and just pull out only what could be proven by like everyone, everyone would on agree. the planet. Yeah. Like there's a woman, there was a fetus. Like what is, what are the actual facts you can pull out? Drove in a blue car, like yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's some of my favorite work to do with people, but mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe um, continue on with that. Keep, keep telling us if somebody were listening to this podcast and they wanted to just really dive in and go like, I'm going to try this story thing on my own, which is not for everyone. Some people really need to do that work with a therapist or with a coach. But I know that there will be listeners who are like, let me, let me try this. So yeah. dump out your story. Yeah. So I'll do it just Separate. for a like Yeah. Yeah. How I Go did ahead. my morning this morning. Awesome. So I got up this morning. I turned on Facebook live cause I'm a part of a class. I started listening. I brewed some tea cause I'm doing a detox. I had this detox tea. Then my kid woke up and cause I'm in the class, I had to turn on a movie and get her a bar. What were just the facts of that story? Yeah. Alarm clock went off. Facebook live was on. Tea was poured. I have a kid. I love the difference between, um, I got on a Facebook live because I'm a part of a class, that little yeah. piece, like, because of I'm part of a class irrelevant. holds so much more. It's yeah. irrelevant, but then it's also like, there's more energy around it than Facebook mm -hmm. live was on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, what was the class? Is it a class you wanted to be or didn't want it to be in? Right. It's like when you, it's the dopamine hits of the brain. So a yes. really good story. And we tell great stories about our past. Really great story has us like leaning in. I want to hear more. What yeah, are the details yeah, yeah. that feels amazing? Uh -huh. That feels terrible. And you're like, get your whole body in your chemicals are all firing up in your body as yeah. opposed to Facebook live <gasps> teacup kid. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> What I'm writing down as a note is like, how do I tell the most boring and true story about my abortion? Yeah. How would Ben Stein say it? Wow. <laughs> In this exercise, like don't underestimate this exercise. It can be so powerful to see your story laid out in a, in a strictly factual, like factual mm -hmm. manner. Um, and then what do you tell people about next steps after that? I think that the main point of it is awareness first. And so yeah. once you do that, once you separate just the facts, yeah. you're going to have an awareness. Mm -hmm. And if you do nothing else, you have changed your brain. Yeah. 
and you've changed and changing our brain is changing how we live our lives so you don't have to do anything else if you don't want to the other option would be if you look at the facts it could be fun to just be like i wonder what three other versions could be with the Mm. same exact facts if i told Mm. this three other ways i could say if i have teacup daughter facebook live i could say i'm an amazing mom who's constantly learning i take incredible care of my body by doing detoxes every year it's really important to me to keep my family healthy and feed my kid organic food which is why i got her the organic whatever bar from the cupboard yeah and i put her in front of early learning television (laughs) you know like you could tell whatever you want yeah 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 so three versions of the story is a way to do it but when you said that about awareness um what I wrote down was let it come and I Mm -hmm. think that's what a lot of us don't do is we don't slow it down and let the awareness bring the next piece of knowing or the next Mm -hmm. piece of guidance or the next breadcrumb to you know what what comes after this yeah um so it's telling a boring and true story opening perspective to that awareness and then just holding space staking remaining open to let whatever needs to come come Mm -hmm. um for someone with trauma does that feel scary Probably. Yeah, that opening and letting mm-hmm. something come, letting an unknown come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 If yeah. it feels big and hard, get help to do it. Yeah. 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 And if it doesn't feel big and hard, but you just want to do it faster, get help to do it. Yeah. Okay. I have a question switching gears a little bit here. Um, I know that I have a lot of listeners who, um, have not are not listening because they are processing their own abortion themselves but because they work with people who are Mm. so or they have a friend or a sister or a loved one um i have most definitely had people get on a call with me and say my sister told me i had to listen right or my sister Mm -hmm. sent me her name or something um how might the listener that listener holds space for something he or she doesn't fully understand or relate to like just as human beings and like Mm -hmm. this is a podcast about abortion it's definitely what we're talking about but this is a this is just a life skill right like how do we (laughs) and we are in this crazy election political climate how do we help how do we be with things that we don't understand or relate to. You drop the idea that you need to understand to be able to relate to a human. Yeah, yeah. So it's holding the space is dropping your agenda. Yes. And so if you feel like I'm trying to get somewhere or I'm trying to get them somewhere or I need to go somewhere or I need to know something, those mm-hmm. are all just the stories you're telling yourself and none of them have to be true. It's like, what can I do to just be here now with the human in front of me? Yeah. Because imagine throughout your, you know, all of our random days, how often do we get to be with somebody? And I think this is the gift of coaching that most of us, you and I, I'm sure are paying for. But um, 
is that somebody's on the other end of the line with us 100% and they don't need anything from us and yeah. we don't have to explain things to them and that they're going to stick with us. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you're in that conversation, um, it's as simple as slowing down and asking like, what does it look like to just be present? Yeah. If you feel be like you're present. hustling at all, it's that focuses on you. Yeah. And that's the invitation to like, stop, be like, I got to check myself and just yeah. like focus on what they're saying. Like, yeah. I don't have to have the right answer. There is no right answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything wrong. Wrong doesn't exist. Yeah, I just get to be here. <laughs> we need a little re replay on that snippet. There is no right answer. <laughs> wrong doesn't exist. <laughs> right. Yeah, if there's a walk away for many people listening, that's that's a huge conversation we're having. In our, that's how we are holding space for abortion is there is no right answer. Right. There is no right or wrong here. Yeah. Nobody said this wasn't supposed to happen this way. Sit with what is. Yeah. Mm, that's an important conversation too, is um, that conversation of, and I'd love to hear your flavor of, it was always meant to happen this way. I think we don't get to decide what's perfect. I think a lot of the entire storytelling world around us tells mm -hmm. us a our perceived idea of what perfect is, yeah. but that's all that it is. It's just an idea. We're surrounded by ideas, by other people's ideas. We have our own ideas. We have the ideas our families gave us. It's all optional. It's like the most discomfort we have is when ideas that we believe in really big time don't happen or happen differently than we thought that they should or were supposed to. Yeah, but we actually don't know what's supposed to happen. We actually don't <laughs> always get a say. Yeah, what I just wrote was we don't get to decide what's perfect for ourselves or each other, our past right. or our future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else when you said yes to this conversation? or in this moment, anything that's come up, um, is there anything else you wanna share or you feel like someone listening needs to hear? I just said yes, because I think it's important that we talk mm. about all the parts of being a human mm. and that it's important that there's nothing hiding under the bed mm. because there needs to be light everywhere. We need to have conversations about all the things. Yeah. Otherwise we're lying about what it means to be a human. Yeah, yeah. This is a part of our human story. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a yeah. powerful part. Yeah, it really is. It's amazing stuff. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here, for talking about some deep stuff, for breaking it down in simpler ways. And um, yeah, just thank you. Yeah, thanks for Looking having me. Looking forward to growing beside you. Yes. Sounds like fun. I will post a links to, for people to find you if they feel like there was something about the way you talked about life that really resonates with them. But for listeners who like to just get right in and get to it, where can people find you? I'm at Karen Gillen everywhere. So karengillen.com or 
I have a weird name, so it's easy to find. Awesome. And that's yeah. Gillen E-N, everybody. Yeah. C. Actually, that's a, that's a tricky one, too. C-A-R-I-N-G-I-L-L-E-N. Yeah. I love it. Perfect. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank have you. Have a great afternoon. Thanks. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice to.